Hello, Rev Brad here. You're listening to the podcast From the Touchline, a production of Soccer Chaplains United. I recently visited Cambridge, England, and while I was there, I learned an interesting piece of football history. Apparently, the first known instance of codifying or writing down the rules of association football or soccer happened in Cambridge. Story goes that in 1848, a group of Cambridge University students wrote out a set of 11 rules. They nailed these to the trees surrounding Parker's Peace, a large grassy park in central Cambridge. Today's rules of the game are different, but it's been interesting to see how these Cambridge rules have influenced and impacted the beautiful game. For the next few weeks, we'll look at the Cambridge rules of 1848 and talk about some parallel spiritual life lessons. So stay tuned. We take a look at this week's rule right after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Rule 5. The ball is behind when it has passed the goal on either side of it. Rule 5 marks out the end lines, another boundary marker for the game. There are other sports whereby players in the game can go on and continue on behind the goal, like in lacrosse or hockey, even basketball to a certain extent. And, And a person can still be in the field of play, but in soccer, the end lines mark out a boundary and a different one from the sidelines we talked about last week. Last week, we talked a little bit about the value of boundary lines as they help create definition. But maybe we can make a little bit more of a distinction here between the sidelines and the end lines that we find in football, in soccer. Now, honestly, I think rules five and six we'll talk about next week could have been combined. (laughs) But then we would have only had 10 rules and not 11. And for soccer, 11 is a great number. We have to have that number. But let's look for a parallel. Consider that the game treats the ball differently when it goes behind the goal than when it goes out on the touchlines. There are other places in life and love and law when a different boundary line calls for a different response, or we could say a different reaction or correction or any number of things. Let's consider for a moment the Ten Commandments, the law given to Moses and the Israelites, which formed a legal basis for Jewish and Christian faith for so many, so many years. It's repeated twice in the Hebrew Scriptures, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. These Ten Commands form the basis of a relationship between the nation of Israel and God. And the principles found within are so foundational that they've had a huge impact on the moral law and the law, which has really been um, part of the Western world's legal system for so many years. Well, it's important to notice first that the first three laws in the Ten Commandments deal with the human relationship with God himself. First one is no other gods. Second, no idols. And third, don't misuse God's name. The fourth commandment we could say is a type of God and human relationship type of law. It's observe the Sabbath, a day of rest. Meanwhile, the remaining laws, laws 5 through 10, deal with human interpersonal relationships, human to human. Number five, honor your parents. Six, don't murder. Seven, don't commit adultery. Eight, don't steal. Nine, don't lie. And the tenth, don't covet. 
As the Ten Commandments were further developed and understood and interpreted throughout the first five books of the Bible, we can see distinctions in how certain commands differed in their punishments or collective recourse. Certain aspects of the law warranted different responses of judgment and mercy and so on and so forth. For example, if someone had unintentionally murdered someone, what we might call today manslaughter, There were provisions for that person to flee to a city of refuge to escape the retaliation and retribution that a family member might seek for justice. As it is in the game of football and in life, there are certain boundaries that when crossed, they warrant a different response or a different outcome in order for life or the game to continue. Maybe you can think of some different examples. Maybe you can think of some parallels between life and the beautiful game as it relates to this. There should be certain times and moments that get our attention differently and require a different type of resolution. Maybe it's a greater urgency or a different set of standards. Whatever those may be, there is a time and place when the ball goes behind and we have to treat it differently than at other points and places in the game. Now, I think this might be one of the more difficult rules for us to reflect and think on applying to our lives, but if we can form good guidelines, or even what the monastics knew to be as a rule of life, it can produce and lead to some great outcomes, considering this Cambridge Rule of 1848.